Welcome back, everybody, to the That's God podcast. And we are in the middle of talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And so this is part two of that discussion. So the next one we're going to talk about, we just talked about uh, the gift of wisdom. And so now we're going to talk about the gift of knowledge or word of knowledge. So I'm going to talk about a story in Matthew 16 where Jesus asked his disciples who they thought he was. And they go through the discussion. And then Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. Can I say something there? Certainly. That took place at the gates of hell. Yes. That took place in uh, Caesarea Philippi. Mm -hmm. And in that location... There's this huge uh, altar. Oh, yes. Well, there is a cave, but there's an altar to uh, Pan. Mm -hmm. Pan is the god of confusion, the god of chaos. And in that place, he asks, who do you say that I am? And then when he goes in, blessed are you, for uh, God has revealed, man has not revealed this to you, God has. He said that, and the gates of hell will not prevail the gates of hell. It's an actual place. Mm -hmm. And I think that though wisdom and the savviness of God to ask that of Peter in that place of confusion and chaos Mm. where there's these altars to all these gods and he goes, who do you say I am? You know, you've got all these different cultural influences and voices (laughs) asking you, but who do you say I am? It gets me so excited every time. Like that's probably one of my favorite scriptures. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that was a a focal point for child sacrifices. Mm-hmm. It was a horrible place. It was, horrible place. but it was also where the gate, where the River Jordan begins. Yeah. It's the gate waters of the River mm-hmm. Jordan, mm-hmm. and we know it happens in the River Jordan, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. The backstory to that is, yeah. Yeah. Is, is pretty amazing. So my thought is that Peter probably didn't go into a trance and uh, start shaking <laughs> uncontrollably when he said those words. Probably not. <laughs> I think this is just uh, an example of God working supernaturally through natural means, if you will. And I think that's how he works a lot. Amen. Amen. He uses what he has. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And as as broken and ill-equipped as we are, he's still... Man alive. Yeah. And if you don't want to choose to be the one that um, will do what he's asking you to do, he'll use a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> but he also has... There's so you. much grace. Right. There is so much grace because he gives you time. So I had this dream about a woman that we know, and I thought, oh, I wait on it, and God said, share it with her. Well, I didn't. And so I was at the first prayer and worship service that the church had. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I've got my eyes closed, my hands around. And I go, God, speak to me. And he goes, I already spoke to you. And you haven't done what I've asked yet. Mm. <laughs> and so Whoop. I thought, oh my gosh. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. So I whipped out my phone and then I texted her this dream. And it's opened up a whole bunch of doors to different things. But he was waiting on me. He gave me grace. I mean, a week. And yeah. 
Amen. Sometimes that word of knowledge is 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 something that we will camp on just to make sure that one we've heard correctly and properly, and two that we will do what God has asked us to do when it comes to that. And sometimes that word of knowledge needs to be as quickly as possible, right. uh, whatever the case may be. But again, uh, he's got such grace. He he chooses us. It's just like he chose Pastor Judy. He mm-hmm. gave her that dream, chose her to be the one to deliver this to mm-hmm. the other young woman. And in that, it opened up something that... She probably had been waiting for yeah, confirmation it and totally encouragement that. and exhortation. It totally uh, it just it, it's it's absolutely mind blowing what a, a proper word of knowledge will do for somebody's life. It'll change who they are and what, what the, even the direction that they're headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Judy, let me ask you. Okay, I'm going to pick on you. Okay, all right, <laughs> turning the tables here. All right. <laughs> So you didn't obey initially. I didn't obey. Well, so what my, was going through your mind? Why did you say, nah, it's not that? It wasn't even that. It was life happened. And, you know, the kids, mm-hmm. you know, with the girls and then busyness. house. Yeah, I just yeah, got life. distracted by That's life. how Satan works too, right? It is oh, how Satan works. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I will tell you that I thought, huh. Would have been nice had I done that right when you asked God. <laughs> but I didn't. Thanks mm-hmm. for letting me do it yeah. later. Oh, yeah. And I had, I don't think of myself as a prideful person. I have it for sure. But I will say I had to work through some stuff because I'm in a prayer and worship service and I am texting on my phone. And I'm a judgy person at times. And I know, like, if I see a lot of people... Somebody's watching you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and what are it's they like, thinking? I know, that's exactly... <laughs> that's exactly... Because I also... I, I mean, I got years. I've got years on people. I've got experience. And I want to always be an example. I always want... At any time, I want you to look at my life and say, all right, she loves God. Or she's a little piece of heaven here on earth. Mm-hmm. And at that point, here I am <laughs> texting, <laughs> and I'm trying to go as fast as I can. <laughs> but yeah, I just, life just got in the way. And you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. That's how Satan does it. Yeah. 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 And those word of knowledge is sometimes it'll be for yourself as, as, as much as it'll be for somebody else. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I was a conference chaser. You know, okay. I've... I've <laughs> Uh, back in the day when Went Kenneth, them all. oh, absolutely! <laughs> back in the day when Kenneth Hagen would travel the West Coast and Charles Caps, and now I'm dating myself. I realize that uh, Kenneth Copeland, you know, we Patty and I'd run up and down I five, and if there was a conference, we were there. And it finally came. I'm, I'm always I'm looking for that word. I'm looking for that that word of knowledge or that prophetic to be spoken over me. And we'll get into prophetic here in just mm-hmm. a bit. But um, just that word of encouragement. And it got to the point where that's where I was getting my push, if you will. That that's where I was getting mm-hmm. the prod to, to get up and go out and do. And at one point in time, I, I'm just. I'm studying a little bit, and I'm reading, and I'm talking to God. And he says, oh, by the way, he said, uh, 
I, I'm encouraged by the fact that you go to these conferences, but from this point forward, you're not going to receive a prophetic word from any of these people. Mm. I said, what? I said, what? You, you know, what do you mean? And he said, I will speak directly to you from this point forward, and you will notice me by the things that I say. And it's up to you whether you act on those things or not. And that has been absolutely true. Very mm. rarely will I go to a conference, and occasionally I'll get picked out for something else. But it won't be for a prophetic, from a standpoint of this is what your future looks like type thing. Uh, it's just those words of knowledge are sometimes just for us to encourage us within ourselves that, yeah, I did hear, and, and this is what God wants to do or wants me to do. And then uh, followed by that obedience and mm-hmm. all the rest of it that goes hand in hand. Yeah. 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 Amen. What well, about you, Dave? Have you had that experience of words of knowledge? Or I guess I would have to say that, as I mentioned before, God can work supernaturally through natural means. And... And I'm sure, I don't know if there's anything that stands out. I have certainly been led by the Holy Spirit to do certain things, mm-hmm. whether that was awarded knowledge. I, it, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't recall like uh, a word of knowledge for a specific person to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I've, I have experienced that. I'll, I'll, I will say though, just around this podcast, I think I've noticed that just in conversations where we don't necessarily, well, I'm sure the audience can tell, we haven't prepared what we're going to say. <laughs> um, but things will come to light. You right. know, oh, amen. Right. I think God will impart something in our brains yeah. that's like, hey, this is relevant and this, say this, you know? Right. And, uh, and that becomes part of the conversation. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Good description. Good description. Yeah. Absolutely. I believe one of the things when I was in school of ministry was that uh, uh, we were taught to, again, hear what God's saying and, and to function and operate in word of knowledge, wisdom, and prophecy. So one of the things we would do, would, like we'd go to lunch and at the restaurant, we'd ask God, you know, what do you have to say about our waiter or our waitress or <laughs> servant people? And uh, invariably, he would give you something to... Hmm. And I remember specifically a young lady came to the table, and I'm actually with uh, uh, with my mentor, Ed, and we're sitting there, and we get a word for her, and, and that was encouraging. She takes her order. She comes back, and uh, God finished the word, and it was uh, she had been kind of down in the dump. She could just see it on her face. Her countenance was not lifted up. And uh, it turned out that her mother was was in the hospital and not doing real well. And, and uh, she was quite concerned and worried about her mom. So we prayed for her mom and uh, prayed for her and uh, went back to that same restaurant a few days later. And she came over, just all smiled. Well, her mother had recovered, was out of the hospital, was doing well at home. And she just wanted to thank us for being that encouragement. And sometimes that's all it takes. That's that's that hope that we yeah. were talking about before that, um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, Pastor Judy described it as, as the person who is delivering um, does it in faith and the person who is receiving comes with a hope and an expectation uh, of, of the goodness of God meeting them 
and uh, the result is what it is. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. We were uh, off air. We were talking about your experience in Africa where this young man was carried in on a blanket and they wanted you to perform a miracle basically for him. Yeah. <laughs> and that is not something you had ever done, I'm guessing, before no. to that time. No. no. But in their eyes, as Judy said, you were a, a man of God and they were, if there's a man of God, he will heal. They, on their, there's an expectation on their end that is enormous. And so it takes both those things to come together at times. Yes, it, it does. And, and he was a young lad. He was probably about 12 or 13. He, he suffered severely from sickle cell anemia, and his legs were probably two inches around. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could not walk. And they brought him in on the blanket, one person on each corner. And I'm reminded of, you know, the man being lowered through the roof. He laid on the ground, and, and so I turned to my interpreter, uh, Pastor Arnold, and I said, what are they doing? And I'm thinking to myself, this is out of my league. <laughs> you know? I don't know about you guys, but, uh, you know, when, when something like that happens to you, there's, there's a weight that comes upon you. Uh, and it isn't a weight of fear or a weight of heaviness, but there's a weight of awe for God himself, because you know within yourself, you got nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, why are they bringing this young fella to me? Why are they bringing this boy, this kid to me? I got nothing. You know, I can't, I can't rescue or resuscitate a mosquito. What do they want me to do? And he told me, well, he wants you to pray for him. He wants to walk. So I laid down, I asked him, I said, what do you want? He said, I want to walk. And I, not even knowing what I was saying, I said the same words that Jesus said. I said, rise up. Well, he did. <laughs> and I don't know who was more dumbfounded, me or him. But, <laughs> you know, in, in that brief moment or that brief instant, as Pastor Judy described, his hope and expectation in the goodness, the greatness of who God is, met the faith that God had placed in me to be able to do this because, yeah. again, it wasn't me, it was him. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it just, I got nothing, you know. Pretty yeah. awesome. I think obedience is a big deal. It's a big deal to words of knowledge. Uh, when you receive them, you weigh them. Yes. I mean, we've, we've said this throughout the, when you get anything from God, you tend to weigh it. I mean, it's that's wisdom. But just like, for myself, I for a week, this young woman who is starting a ministry, hope or confirmation was withheld from her because I just got busy in life. Mm. And then when God reminded me, um, the one thing I did do is in that moment, I reacted and I, or responded, and I wrote her and told her what God had wanted her to hear. And Obedience is a big deal. Yeah. And it works within protocols. You know, obedience isn't just, oh, I got a word from God, and you run out and you, you know, just blurt it. Mm -hmm. You know, you weigh it and you test it. Test. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, but once you get that confirmation, yeah, go tell mm -hmm. or act. If you hear God say act, right. I think it's just really wise to act, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
I think this is a good place for you to insert the shoulder story. Oh, okay. So we shared in a previous podcast how I went to uh, Chuck. I I was new to the church that we both served in for like 10, 11 years, 12 years. But I was new and it was a prayer service, pre-service prayer. And God said, that man over there, we're standing on opposite sides of this prayer circle. He goes, that man over there has a shoulder issue. I want you to go pray for him. Now, I didn't know anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to the woman who was leading the prayer, Pastor Shirley, and I asked her, I just told her what God had told me. And she said, well, I'll tell you what, you go ask him if you can pray for him. And so I went to him and I told him, God told me you have a shoulder issue and he asked me to pray for you. May I? And he goes, yes. And I go, may I put my hand on your shoulder? Which just flies in the face of reason because I don't typically <laughs> put my hands on men. I don't know, you know. Yeah. But um, we're in a public setting and there was a lot of people there. So, But anyway, I prayed for him. And then afterward, um, he told me he did in fact have a shoulder issue that he hadn't shared with a lot of people and that he appreciated the prayer. Mm-hmm. And we left that encounter, I believe. I was encouraged, and I'm sure you were, that Amen. God was thinking of you. Amen. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so in that, as she shared the story, again, you, you, you reason what God has said, you go through the protocol, and that can be a subject that could go on for discussion for a long time, what that looks like. But asking the person who is in charge, I believe this is what God has said, her giving permission, and then proceeding and asking the receiver, in this case was me, this is what I believe God has said, may may I pray mm-hmm. over you or may I release or may I, you know. Whatever. Whatever. And, and so there's that obedience and in this case, it was an instant obedience. Uh, you know, I could have walked out of that that prayer group and gone into service, and my shoulder would have been screaming at me the whole time and uh, would not have been able to really enjoy or maybe even receive the fullness of what God had for me. Mm-hmm. So in that, God chose her to relieve me of that pain on that given time. And through her obedience, I was able to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yay, God. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's move to the next gift, and that would be the gift of faith. So it seems to me that the gift of faith is often, it goes hand in hand with the gift of healing. And so just some examples of that. In Matthew 9, 22, there's, a, there's healing faith. There's Jairus' daughter. There's the hemorrhaging woman in Matthew 15. Many of Jesus' healings were done by the faith of the sick person, meaning that they came, they had complete faith that Jesus could heal them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right? So obviously, Jesus can heal anyone at any time that, that he wants. In fact, there is no scripture in the Bible where Jesus refused to heal anybody. When he was out with the multitudes, Anybody who wanted healing, he healed. Amen. I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's any scripture where he says, no, nope, uh, hey, it's 3.30, I'm, uh, yeah. you know, my, yeah. my healing time's over. You don't qualify. Catch me tomorrow, yeah. you know, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not, you're not, 
you're not qualified to be able to do. But a lot of the healings uh, were done because of the faith. You know, God said, your faith has healed you. Yeah. Yeah. It's made you, you know? whole. Yeah. Yeah. And there's numerous examples of, of that. Yes. Yeah, I'm you sure. know, I have, uh, you know, with Jesus going through the crowds, totally surrounded and people are grabbing at him and all that. And yet that one woman touched the hem of his garden. Yeah. Garden garment. Mm-hmm. And you know, the hem. Hmm. There would be uh, uh symbols sewn in yeah. at the garment mm-hmm. edge, which spoke to your identity and who you were and all you know, along that. And she touched that. Isn't it interesting? He's surrounded by people. I mean, even his disciples. You know, Jesus, people are bumping, bumping into, into you people, and yeah. grabbing on yeah. you and everything. What's the deal with her? And I believe it was her faith that set, and her. I also believe it was her desperation that um, set her apart. In, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't try to touch him. She just went for, I mean, think of the humility in that to just yeah. touch the hem of his garment. Uh, and I think, very good, Pastor Judy, I, I think there was also possibly a great understanding of of even, one, who he was. And again, that would come from by word of knowledge or revelation of Holy Spirit. Number two, understanding that the hem of the garment was absolutely a very important part of his dress. It was key. It, yeah. And, and three, that uh, in Old Testament, it talks about the anointing oil. Well, when the anointing and it runs off the beard, and where does it end up? Mm. The, the anointing ends up in the hem of the garment mm. at the very bottom as it just continues to filter down and trick down, trickle down. So she, I, I believe that there was a, an understanding that maybe she had that nobody else might have got. Mm-hmm. And, and like Pastor Judy says, even out of her desperation, it's like, if I can just touch this, yeah. if I can mm-hmm. just get to this, yeah. if I can just touch this, that's where the anointing is. Yeah. And then he goes on, like after he's bumping his way through the crowd, and he goes... You know, what's just happened. Yeah, power went out from me. Yeah, virtue went out from me. And and there's a number of different uh, um, words words that Mm -hmm. describe it. But if you go back to the original, uh, it was dunamis power went out from me, which was that resurrection power. Mm. And if you consider her, okay, so issue of blood, blood was considered unclean. Yeah. She was in isolation a whole, yeah. a whole long time. Mm-hmm. Just her being in that crowd was... Right, was, was mm-hmm. breaking all kinds yeah, of yeah, cor- cultural norms. So I believe it was through um, a word of knowledge of the Holy Spirit yeah. that would even lead her to that place mm. and touching the hem. Because I'm not sure women had such a different position in society than than they do now. Yeah. Um, and that was based on cultural influences. But just for her to go out, yeah. that's a demonstration of faith. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She could have been 
put in prison. She could have been all sorts of things could have happened because she could have been stoned. Stoned is the. I mean, that was Mm -hmm. that that would be the that yeah that was response of the day. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, and and there's just (coughs) excuse me, there's just so many instances of that type of healing uh, where it just took a tremendous amount of faith. Um, Mark chapter ten story of Barnabas. Bartimaeus was a blind beggar, and I love this story. He's sitting on the curb. This is Palm Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so it was, you know, three days ago, and he's Mm -hmm. sitting on the curb, and here comes Jesus. And I I get this picture of Bartimaeus sitting there with his buds hanging around behind him and beside him, and he's shouting out for Jesus, son of David, Mm -hmm. and calls him his Lord, and where did that come from? You know, how does he know that? How does he, you know, here's a blind guy. It's not like he read it somewhere. It's, you know, <laughs> and so how did that come? Word of knowledge, I yeah. guess. I have to understand or trust that that Holy Spirit has put that in him. But in that process, he has developed this amazing faith in who Jesus is. And so Jesus calls him forth. And as Bartimaeus stands up, and here's the thing that that is so important to understand in this part of the Scripture. It says he takes his coat off. Why does he do that? His coat was his identity. Back in the day uh, that this took place, your coat represented what you did, who you were. His coat Um, said. Yeah, (laughs) and that all goes back to Joseph and the coat of many colors. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, Joseph is the, as a representation or prerequisite to Jesus himself. And so this coat represented that he was a blind beggar. He was legally Mm -hmm. given permission to be a blind beggar. Professional beggar. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. He's professional beggar. There you go. Mm -hmm. And and so he takes his coat off and he leaves it at the curb and he Mm -hmm. goes forward. Jesus asks him, what do you want? He says, I want to see. Boom. His sight is restored instantly. Mm. So he stepped out of his previous identity mm. and stepped into, by faith, yeah. stepped into the future that Jesus had for him, understanding that when he took his coat off, he no longer has a means of income. Right. I mean, that just he just left it behind. I was going to say, that's right. a huge step of faith on oh, his Oh, totally. Part. Yeah. Totally. Total. And, yeah. and I think that as believers, as modern-day Christians, there's a lot of us that... In fact, all of us have have made that choice or that decision where throughout our lives we've stepped away from things that might have been profitable for us, might have changed how we live or how we how we function, uh, might have given us a, a greater wherewithal to be able to procure life, uh, you know, the, the worldly things, and stepped into a, an identity that God has created for us. Mm-hmm. And... To me, that's just a, wow, what an amazing faith that you would leave behind Hmm. everything that you know. I mean, how I make my living, everything that I know, and step into the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's faith. Wow, for sure. (laughs) Uh, We we tied faith to to the healings, but I I believe that there's more involved in just healings. There's there's so many opportunities and so many, uh, and and again, just as as Bartimaeus, he was healed, but it was the faith and the trust in in who Jesus was at that point in his life that he was willing to not only step into his healing, but he was willing to step into the unknown for his own identity. And so true for the rest of Abraham, you know, no healing involved in that process, but here God tells him, you know, hey, get all your peeps together, and uh, you know you're going to hit the road. 
And Abraham goes, well, I don't know about this. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I'd have to think about this for a while. You know, what does that look like? Do I hook up my RV and I go down the road? Or, you know, Abraham said, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's faith. That's yeah. a demonstration of that absolutely amazing faith, that total belief. I did a sermon many years ago on faith, and it was I used a demonstration that that, and again, it was something that God gave me uh, that absolutely demonstrated what that faith looks like. And I had a stepladder set up on the podium or on the platform. It was an eight foot stepladder. And I had a friend of mine and his little daughter, and she was about four. And we were actually good friends with the family, so she knew me, and you know. And so I had her climb up the ladder, and I'm standing there beside her. And I said, okay, honey, jump off. <laughs> I'll catch you. And she said, no, I, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And her daddy came up and said, okay, honey, jump off. And she did. Why? Because there was faith. She had faith in him mm-hmm. that he would not let her down, that he would not allow her to get hurt, that nothing was going to happen as long as she jumped into yeah. his arms. Mm-hmm. And awesome. our, our faith relationship has to be the same way. Right. That's you know, a good people yeah, that's spell, a, good a lot of yeah. people will spell faith, R-I-S-K, but to me it's T-R-U-S-T, <laughs> trust. Do you trust him enough to act upon what he has asked you to do? Mm. And if you do, you're stepping out in that faith and, yeah. and the glory of God's going to be in it. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode of the That's God podcast, and uh, we're going to continue talking about the gifts of the Spirit uh, in the following uh, podcast. Again, this was part two. We're going to go to part three and uh, however long it takes to, to get through them all. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys so much, and uh, we will catch you on the next one. God bless. Bye-bye.